Amen. I want to read a couple of scriptures, and I'd invite you to get your Bibles and and uh, join along if you are able to. I'm going to start in 1 John chapter 2. The Lord's been talking to me and dealing with me about these passages for uh, several weeks now, and it just hasn't been my turn to minister on these scriptures until tonight. So I'm, uh, I'm anticipating what the Lord might say and, and minister to us through this. Um, I know he's going to do some great things. I appreciate his spirit. I am thankful for the word of God and, and all that it says to us. So 1 John chapter 2. And I'm going I'm to read verses 15 and 16 here. And we'll see where the Lord takes us from there. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16, it says, For all that is in the world. Everybody say all. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a list of what encompasses all that's in the world. All that's in the world falls into one of those three categories. I would say at least one of those three categories. In other words, what this world has to offer is either under the category of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. And it says, all these things, they are not of the Father, but it is of the world. All that is in the world, it says, is of the world. I was thinking about the scripture. There, there's a part of, of scripture that says, we as the church, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And I, doubt, I don't doubt that you've heard that scripture before. We are in this world. It's, it's where we live. It's, it's where God has placed us. For his reasons, for his calling, he created you and I, caused us to be born into this world. But the scripture says we're in the world, but we are not of the world. But the, these things that we read here in 1 John chapter 2, it says all that's in the world is of the world. That's how it got here. It, it got here through its own substance, if I can put it that way. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, those are worldly catch the way i'm using this term they are worldly things they are of this world my mind goes back to some of the things that bishop ministered to on on sunday he was he was talking about the scripture that says that which is born of the flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit it's ta that talks about where something gets its origin where it originates now, oftentimes, as it was ministered here on, on Sunday, 
we, we tend to think in spiritual terms and we think, okay, that must be talking about the works of God. If it's a spirit, that which is born of the spirit. And we even say that about ourselves. We say we are born of the spirit, right? When we, are, when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, then we call it being born again. Yes, that is true. That is born of the spirit. And then the scripture says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. The things which are of this world only. They, they, are, they are carnal in nature. But guess what? They can also be spiritual in nature, but the spirit from which they originated would not be God's spirit. So it can be born of the spirit, but of a different spirit and be spiritual in nature and be of this world. So we're, that, that's a very key item, a very key important thing to note. Where does something originate? As parents, especially if you have a, um, a child now in, in, in this current age, you know, someone 18 or younger, their teens, maybe adolescents, even young children. As parents, we have this responsibility of guarding them Part of what guarding them is includes monitoring what things they entertain, monitoring what uh, videos, games, even friends or, or other company that they entertain. We, as the parent in that situation, have the responsibility and so how do I exercise that? How do I know what my role, how do I know if, if something is, is okay to allow? If I'm the guard, how do I know if something is okay to allow for them to participate in or entertain? So I'm using the example of, of parenting because it is an example. It's true and it's real to us, but it also is an example of our own lives. How do I guard the things that that I allow myself to participate with or entertain. Let me read you this. The, the, you've probably heard, some of you at least, have heard the word agape, and that is a Greek word for the word love. So as First John chapter 2 here would say, the love of the Father, it's talking about agape kind of love. But when it says, love not the world, it comes from a similar uh, word or a similar meaning, but now it's talking about more than just a person or a relationship with another human being. Because I, I express agape love to my, to my brothers and to my sisters, and that is the love of God that he, he puts inside of me that I then share with someone. But if we're talking about all that's in the world and we're talking about things that are lust of the flesh, the eyes, and the pride of life, then we're not just talking about a relationship with a person. Now we've got to talk about ideas. We've got to talk about 
morals. We've got to talk about um, ethics. Where, see, the, the, these are these are abstract things. These are not just relationships with another with another person one on one. And the scripture is is clear about this because it tells us what it means to love when it says love not the world. Listen to this. When it's talking about persons, it's talking about being welcoming to that person, being entertained or entertaining a person. We, we call that, uh, a lot of times we, we call that hosting, right? Or maybe even we might use the term fellowship because we've got it programmed in our mind. Well, that just means who I spend my time with. Well, this is a different subject for a different day, but fellowship is spiritual in nature. I'm not going to go there tonight, but because we're talking about what does it mean to love something that is in, in the world? If we're talking about people, we're talking about being welcoming to them, entertaining them, maybe even being fond of them or loving dearly. That's as it relates to a person, but of things... When the scripture says to love not the world, and it's talking about things that are in the world, it means to be pleased with or by those things, or to be content with a thing. I got to break that down for you for a minute, because we talk about, and scripture tells us, the importance of being content, as we might call it, being content. But this, what we're talking about here is, I would say, a very similar word and meaning to what the scripture says, or to what, to what society says when it says to tolerate something. Everybody say tolerate. Because if I am content to allow something, or if, if I'm content to just be around something. I am, in essence, tolerating that thing. The scripture says, love not the world. That's the entire, I guess I, could, I would say, big picture of the world, all that this world encompasses. And plus, it is this world's system, how the world is run, what the world okays, what the world allows, what the world promotes. That is when the scripture says, the world, and love not the world. Neither the things. Everybody say things. We're talking about things. Neither the things that are in the world. Okay? It's pretty simple if you think about it in these terms. The things that are in the world make up the world. Okay? Just like <laughs> if my child's going to go take a bath, the things that are in the bathtub make up the bath, right? The water plus the soap plus the toys and anything else that's that's there that i say okay that is your bath i don't just point to a, a piece of uh 
uh, a ceramic tub and say, there's your bath. No, I've got to actually prepare it and, and put all those different elements that are in that, that make it up. So the scripture is talking about the elements, the things that make up this world. And it very, very plainly tells us we are not supposed to love those things. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. We don't entertain those things. We don't, the, we need the, I, I, I'm being honest with you. We need the help of the Lord to not tolerate those things because that's, the, it, it just really brings you to the question, okay, what is my role here? How do I not tolerate? How do I show the fact that I'm not tolerating this? Does that mean I need to go out and, and protest? Does that mean I need to put a big sign in my yard that says, I do not approve of enlist? No, we don't go that, that that's not what it means. Okay, and it's, it, it doesn't, I, I'm trying, I'm gonna try not to get on a kick here for a minute. It does not even mean become an activist and start to work to promote any kind of a earthly cause. I'm letting that settle in. I don't think that's really settling with everybody, but I'm letting that settle in. It means I don't seek to promote an earthly cause. What do I do here? What do I do if there's something going on that I don't agree with? If there's something that I don't approve of? Or if I know there's something I should not be tolerating, what do I do? Well, the first thing, okay, hear me, please hear this. The first thing that I need to do is abstain. Abstain, that means stay away from, get away from, remove yourself from. I cannot overstate the importance of what I just said. If I don't approve of it, if I don't, if I know I shouldn't be entertaining it or tolerating it, the first thing that I do should not be charge at it to tell someone or something, oh, you're so bad, you're so evil, I gotta get up in your face and make sure you know how much I disapprove. Mm -mm. No. The scripture says, abstain from all appearance of evil. If I know that something is evil, I know it's not rooted in God, I know it's not of the Father, it's of this world, I just need to stay away from it. That is not, I didn't expect that to be so hard, but in this world, in 2020, when we can just as easily be connected to someone over in South Africa as we can be in someone in Union Gap, or someone over in Paris, France, as we can be in Toppenish, 
that this world, uh, the, the world is so small in that regard that it brings everything, hear me, it brings everything that is of the world right to you. That is the, the age that we are living in. I don't have any reason to know what a gas station on the corner of, uh, of New York City is selling right now. I don't need to know that. I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not, don't, I don't plan to go there. But I could easily go find it out right now. Uh, uh, because that information is available to me. It's brought to me. In a lot of instances, it's not even me going out to seek it. It's brought to me. So my job is, as the scripture says, I need to abstain. That's the first thing that I do when I don't approve of something. Abstain from it. The sec if that doesn't, in a lot of times, that will, that will fix the problem. I promise you. That will fix the problem if you just get away from it. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your system. Get it out of, out of your head. Abstain from it, and it will be gone. But if that's not enough for you, and I, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to abstain from this. I, I, I know the scripture says it's wrong. I don't need to be entertaining it or proving it. I, but I, I just... Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to stay away. I'm abstaining. If that doesn't fix the problem, I'll tell you the next thing to do. Talk to God about it. Why, why is that not number one? <laughs> because I'm supposed to always be talking to God. And if I'm always talking, praying without ceasing, there's continual communication between me and God, then it really, he doesn't have to be like, hang on, hey, turn back this way. Let me get your attention. That thing is wrong. He shouldn't have to do that because I know just from my simple fellowship and communication with him that something is wrong. Abstain from all the appearance of evil. Okay, I can do that easily because I know that's not from him. I'm turning away. And now again, if that's not enough to solve the issue and fix my issue, then the next thing that I do is talk to God about it. Specifically, that thing, Lord, you know this is bothering me right now. Or you know that I, I, I'm abstaining, but it's still bothering me. Or it's, it's, it's messed me up so much, and I can't even think straight. Okay, I'm going to talk to you about, I'm going to talk to you about this. I'm not going to go first look for a Facebook post that I agree with and like it and share it. I'm not going to first go and look for something that I disagree with and express my disapproval and then go talk. No. I'm going to talk to God about it. And he will help me. He will, he will help me. So again, as this, this scripture said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And now I love this, the fact that the scripture says, if you do this, if, you, if any man, 
not just you, not just me. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. If a man or a woman or a young person loves the world, entertains, tolerates, is contented with, welcomes, if a person does that to the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The love of the Father is not in him. You ever heard the scripture that says no man can serve two masters? That's what this scripture is talking about. You will choose. If you're, oh, I'm just, I'm just tolerating it. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just not bothered by it. Well, you better be careful because there is, it seems like the most um, extreme contrast here, but this is what the scripture says. You choose this one or you choose this one. If you choose this one, that choice means you're not choosing this one. The love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. It doesn't originate with the Father. It is not born of his spirit. All of those things that are in the world. I want to jump to Genesis chapter 3, if you'll turn there, please. Uh, I, I am thinking about this passage. As I think about this, I see an example of, of how this plays out, a kind of a, uh, a real-life example of what John was talking about there, the things that are in this world, how, they, how those things are not of God. I'll start at verse 1 here, Genesis 3, verse 1, if you'll read along with me or listen. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. I'm letting that one sink in. For those of you that are catching this as we read it, the serpent says, is this the rule? Is this the word of God? Is this the instruction of God? I'm not moving past that right now. Because until we know that a thought, a question that comes to my mind that makes me question, is this really the word of God? Is this really the instruction of God? That is the method. That is the very first method that the devil chose to use against a human being. If that doesn't sound severe enough, just think about it again. The first time the devil wanted to, in, to tempt 
a human being, he said, is this really the instruction that God gave you? Did he, and he didn't even say it right. Did God tell you you can't eat of every tree? That's what he said. It's not true. It's not what he said. But that's how he, that was his approach. Did God really say you can't do this or you can only do that? Verse 2, the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Just imagine for a quick moment. If instead of turning and looking at that talking serpent and talking back to it, if Eve would have abstained, went and found Adam and said, you won't believe this. There's a talking snake in this garden. But no, it's just an entertaining. See, it's a welcoming. It's a, it's a conversation. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said, you shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Verse 6, I wanted to concentrate on this verse. This is the verse that came to my mind as we were talking about 1 John chapter 2 and as, I, as we read there and talk about the things that are in the world and how, how they appeal to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, or the pride of life. Now, before I read this, notice the serpent interjected the fact that you will become as gods and you will know good and evil. God did not start with Adam or Eve and go to them and say, hey, 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 don't eat of that tree because if you do, you're going to learn the difference between good and evil. The devil introduced that to her, but it still plays a role. Because verse 6, it says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that's one. One thing that she saw about the tree, it was good for food. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. That's two. And it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. That's three. It's good for food, just like all this other food that we're eating. So it appeals to the sense of eating being full from substance it appeals to the eyes it's pleasant to the eyes it looks better even than than this thing over here that i've been eating so it, it's uh, appealing to the eyes and then it even appeals this is how it appeals to the pride of life that aspect because like i said the serpent introduced this idea when you eat this, you will become as gods. You will learn things that you don't know right now. It's going to set you forward. It's going to propel you into a new place, into a new position. 
by, parta by, by partaking in this. And so she saw it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. I don't know how else she could have known or discerned or realized, oh, if I eat this fruit, I'm going to get smart. I'm sorry, but things weren't marketed as brain food in the garden. So she had to go off of the word that the serpent had told her. In the day you eat this, you will become as a God and know things that you don't know right now, good and evil. So she saw those things, took the fruit thereof and did eat. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back around here. Remember, I gave you I gave you a couple of uh, just two practical instructions. If she would have abstained, that means get away from, leave, don't participate, cut it out any any other way that you can think of to explain what it means to abstain. If she would have simply abstained because she knew, because she knew. This was wrong. This was evil. This was something that, that God had told her not to do through his instruction. If she would have abstained, she would not have partaken. Secondly, if she would have done number two that I told you, which is go and talk to God about it, what do you think would have happened? Well, Lord, let's just recap something real fast. You know, I remember you told Adam and Adam told me, and we've been, we, we, we've been, been over this a couple of times. It's pretty clear, but let me just make sure I understand how you feel about this situation. <laughs> let me just make sure I got your word in my mind correctly. then God would have surely reminded her. This is how, this was my instruction. This is how I feel about it. I just simply said, don't do it. Don't, do not partake of it. But because it was something that appealed as the things of this world, I'm almost done. I promise I'm trying to finish up. But I, I, we need to know this. The scripture says that Satan, Lucifer as an angel in heaven, was cast out of heaven into the earth, into this world. So the scripture calls him the God of this world. I'm not making that up. That's what the Bible says. He is the God of this world. So as John, writing with the wisdom of the Lord, says, hey, let me tell you something. Let me fill you in. The things in this world, they come from the God of this world. They don't come from the Father, the Heavenly Father. They come from the God of this world, and He appeals to you. He, he wants to get you to entertain, to welcome, to tolerate. He wants to get you to just accept 
the things that he has created and put into this world. And here's the avenues. He goes through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That is, that is the system that he uses. That is the method, the methodology that he uses. And so all the way back in Genesis, when the first man and the first woman were on this earth, created by God on this earth, but put into a world where an opposing force had already set up and established a methodology, a, a dominion, if you will. Then, then as soon as that God of this world gets the opportunity, he comes with the idea, I can appeal to the eyes, I can appeal to the senses, I can appeal to the pride of a human. And I'll tell you what, over 2,000 years later, he still knows he can appeal to the eyes. He can appeal. Am I telling the truth, Brother Escobar? I know that I am. He can appeal to the eyes. He can appeal to the senses. And he can appeal to the pride of a man or a woman. Now, we, we know, we know in the scripture, it tells us. That's what I went through to read through and talk about. Love not those things. Let there be no place in your heart for those things. Let there be no place in your spirit for those things. That's the instruction that the word of God gives us. I'll try to help you a little bit long, a little bit more here. Because especially to someone who has not walked with God for a long time, it, it can almost feel like you the, the scripture is taking away all the things that I do or that I'm used to or that I like or that I that I enjoy or I participate in. But what is what's left? What is I mean, you, I can't do this. I can't do that. Can't do that. Can't that if, if that if that's how the Lord is speaking into your mind and he's he's letting you know he doesn't want you to participate in something or something else. And to abstain from those things, then what we're left with is the question, OK, what? What am I allowed to do? What can I do? Let me stop you and remind you why we read the way that the, the devil approached the woman. It was first by questioning the instruction. Did God really tell you that you can't do this? Did he really tell you that you can't do that? And he, he shifts our focus. He shifts our attention from all 
that God has made, from all that God has done, from the very reasons that God created us, he shifts our attention and focus away from those, th those things to the simple things that we know are not of God. And, and imagine, if you would, living your life 20, 30, 40, 50 years focused on something so small in, compar in comparison to all that God has created, including the reason why he has created us. You see what I mean? This world has a system, and it wants to get the ideas into the minds of human beings as early and often as it can of things that oppose God, of things that are against the word of God. And then from that moment forward, get someone thinking about those things, turning their attention towards those I'll use the term ungodly. Sometimes when my kids ask me, why can't we do this? Or why, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with such and such celebrity? I don't know, whatever they might ask. Well, usually, usually the word that I give them is that's worldly. Or they are worldly. Or this, that show or that movie or that thing that it, part, that it wants to uh, promote is is worldly. Well, I kind of now I'm starting to think a better term and even more descriptive term is ungodly. They they essentially are the same thing. If it's worldly, it's ungodly, and if it's ungodly and we know about it, it's worldly. We just need. The, the simple word of God, his instruction, his voice, it makes these things clear to us. But if we're not careful, we get so many other voices, all contrary, all contradicting his one simple voice that it's it's almost too much to even mount to the voice of god well if that's god and he said that two thousand years ago but i mean every day since then it's been this and this and this and this and this which one is right which one is true how can how can that still be the thing the, the truth and the word of god i encourage you let your spirit be open to the things that he would say to you. I, I really, I cannot overstate this enough. If it's just something that you feel like, I'm just, I'm just not bothered by it. I just, I, I'm tolerating it or I'm promoting it or however you want to phrase it. it if you know, I'll put it this way. If you even have a question mark in your mind about whether this might be godly or whether it's ungodly, let that simple question that's in, that comes into your mind or into your spirit, let that 
be enough for you to stop and really examine and talk to God. I promise you, we know he wants to talk to us. He wants to share things with us and, and fellowship with us. He, he, he desires that with each of us. You pick the topic. <laughs> I mean, you, you can talk to him about if he likes your glasses or not. <laughs> you can talk to him about whether this certain thing is you know, better to eat than this. Whatever it is you want to talk to the Lord about, I promise you, he wants to talk to you. He wants to fellowship with you, commune with you, and share his word, his thoughts, his ways. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, I thank you for speaking to us tonight. I thank you for the truth of your word, God. The things that you set in motion when you created this world, Lord, and when you created us human beings, you created us. You put us into this place, God, for your purpose, for your plan. I thank you for that, Father. I thank the I thank you that you would even choose to fellowship with us, God, and that you would even love us. You, you want to be close to us, Jesus. You want to know us. You want to help us. You want to fellowship with us on a regular basis, on a close basis. God, you are closer than any person that we could ever meet, any person that we could ever know. You are closer because you're the creator of this whole world. Jesus, I pray, let there be a renewed and restored relationship with you. God, I pray, any one of these times, God, that I've allowed one of these elements of the world to come in between me and you, Lord, I repent of that right now. Lord, I want to change that. I want my life to be aligned correctly with you so that there's nothing in between me and you jesus i want to live in a relationship with you i want to live every day every moment of every day in a relationship with you god when you speak lord i want to hear your voice i want to know that it's your voice god and i know that when i speak and talk to you or when I even meditate on you and think about you and your word and who you are, Jesus, you are there. God, in your name, I pray, let there be increased quality time spent between you and your people. Jesus, every time, every moment that you want to pull us away or pull us aside, God, and remind us that you are there with us, that you love us, that you care for us. God, I pray let those things be ordered and directed by you. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. It's your desire to restore fellowship between you and us. God, you are the loving Father. You've never stopped loving. You have never once turned your back on us. You have never said that we've strayed too far from you, but you are always loving. God, you are always kind. You are always accepting of us. 
in whatever state or condition we are in. I thank you for that right now, Father. I thank you for your unconditional love that you show towards me and towards each person that's here tonight. God, I thank you for it. We love you, Jesus. We want to obey your word. We want to please you. We want our life to be pleasing, our words to be pleasing. God, we don't want there to be any love of this world. God, I pray that as you have illuminated these things into our minds and into our spirits tonight, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, as you've spoken it into our spirits tonight, we cling to that word, Lord. We claim it in the name of Jesus. Lord, in your name, as the word says, we set aside weights, God, or sins that would easily beset us. God, those things that would cloud our mind, cloud our attention, cloud our time. Lord, we set those things aside so that we could have this right fellowship with you, this right relationship with you. You are the restorer, Lord, and I thank you for it. You're the lover of our souls, God, and I thank you for it. Jesus, in your name, come on, would you just receive the love that the, that the Lord is pouring out right now? I feel it right now. He's pouring out his love. Jesus, we receive it. Lord, I'm thankful for it. I thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for your mighty hand, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy, for your grace. I'm thankful to you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, my God, in the name of Jesus. I want to encourage you right now before I end, just, just really quick. I know most of everything that I've said tonight has been one-on-one -on -one between you and God, your relationship with him and his reaching for us as individuals. But I, I want to share just quickly with you, if you feel like there's anything the Lord has illuminated to you, as, as I said before, even a possible question mark, don't just brush past that and don't dismiss that. If you need to reach out to a brother or to a sister, to myself, to any one of us in the congregation or those that you might feel like you can reach out to. I encourage you tonight, express those things. Express those things so that you know this is the word of God. The scripture says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. When you feel like, man, that might have been the word of God talking to me about such and such. Well, then when you take that and you go and you, you ask an elder, you ask a brother or sister that you know is going to tell you the word of God, and they speak that same thing to you, that is the word of God being fulfilled, every word being established. So I encourage you, young people, adults, elders, anyone, as the Lord 
starts and continues to express these things to you and raise these things in your spirit, let's address them. Amen? Let's address them. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for being on here tonight. Those of you that have joined our Zoom and then those watching otherwise, thank you again for your time. I'm going to dismiss you. I pray that the Lord would continue to minister to us as we go. Amen. In Jesus' name, you are all dismissed.